This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is none other than Derek Roddenbeck. He is an artist and he's looking to increase his revenue. If you want your chance to enter and to win 100 bucks each Monday on the show, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444. Top Job, you are listening to episode 284. Tune in bright and early tomorrow morning to hear from Finn Kelly, where he answers the question, what if an accounting firm was built specifically for young entrepreneurs? Wait till you hear what he's doing. Good morning, Top Tribe. I am here with my vanilla something. It's like vanilla hazelnut latte something wafting yummy steam into my nose. You guys are going to love our guest this morning. His name is Chris Brisson. Many of you may know him from Call Loop. That is his baby. And I said, Chris, what's your bio? And he says, I like turtles. So he's going to straighten that out here in a second. But Chris, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready, Nathan. Let's do this. So we've known each other, uh, obviously, for a while. You just introduced a new little one to the world about 25 days ago. So I'm impressed that you're still doing podcast interviews and that you have enough energy to do anything except change diapers. So w- thanks for coming on. Yeah, my wife does all the work, so it's easy. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so tell us more about uh, Call Loop. What is it and how do you make money? Yeah, so Callloop is a voice and text message platform. So if you were to think about it, it's like MailChimp for mobile messaging or AWeber for mobile messaging. So we're a platform that allows businesses to send text messages and voice messages to contacts, customers, prospects, that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, Okay. Yep. And what year? So give us some more context. What year was the business founded in? Yeah, so we originally had the idea in 2009 and um, partnered in probably 2010 we soft launched the product in mid 2011 and uh, today's yeah 2016 so a couple of years so let me just ask you what why why did this take three years to get going were you juggling other things or what yeah it wasn't um my co-founder was the developer. So, you know, we kind of partnered and said, Hey, let's build this app. And in mind you, I've never really built software before. So, you know, what, what everyone is doing now is, you know, going full force and all that sort of stuff. We were just on the side saying, Hey, let's build this software and, uh, and see what we can build out. At the time I had, um, some info products and I had a consulting company, uh, really the info products were pretty much automated, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was just something that we moonlighted with. My co-founder had a full-time job making a nice hefty six figures. So in order for him to take a leap, it would take a, you know, some cash flow to kickstart it. And did, uh, we just didn't have it. So did he build the whole product just because of the equity he got or did, was it, did you guys pay him cash? No. So we did an, an equity deal and uh, he, you know, he had a, a full-time salary. So we brought him in, we brought in another developer and gave him a, a piece of the equity uh, as well. And so, yeah, it was just that both of us equity, you know, we put in some money just to kind of, you know, how much is some, Oh boy, 10 grand. Okay. Got it. Yeah. 
And so what um, what does the cap table look like today? Are the co-founder still with you guys or is it all you're the only one that has equity or what? Yeah. So I bought out my business partners um, last year and Which would have been 2015. Uh, so, yeah. Yep. 2015. So end up buying those guys out. Um, they were kind of silent, I would say, for maybe a year and a half, two years. So for them, it was, uh, you know, it was a nice a nice payday for those guys to uh, to exit the company. They just they just weren't hands on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, so it's myself and uh, two investors. So okay. two previous investors from 2011, I think that's when they are, the, are those events correlated to the investors put money in so you could buy out the two co-founders. Now, those investors came basically 2011, I believe. So okay. really when we launched the product a couple mo- couple months after that. Okay, so two questions. The first is, what did the... First off, was it a, a convertible note or was it an equity round with the investors? Um, you know, at the time, I knew nothing about financing. So uh-huh. I said, oh, you know, we can do a convertible note. And the investors that uh, I brought on, you know, we just didn't know or they didn't know. They didn't want to do debt. So we ended up doing an equity round. Mm-hmm. In the company. And what was the, how much did they put in? Uh, 90. 90K total or each? Total. Okay, got it. And what was the equity that you decided to give them for that? Uh, so it was 1.25 valuation. So I think it's 7.5%. Uh, 1.25 million pre money or post money? Before the 90. Good question. Okay, yeah. wait, you said it was 7%? Seven and a half. I okay, so, that, so it would have been pre-money. Cool. Okay, good. That's helpful. So seven and a half percent. So here's what's interesting, Chris. I rarely get people on that have bought out co-founders, but I also know just from my own experience, people lose and gain founders all the time and nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. So when new entrepreneurs are going through it and they lose a co-founder or they get a new one, they're going, oh, this just, there must be something wrong with me. And then people don't realize it happens to everybody. So walk us through what, like what that conversation sound like between you and your co-founders when you said, okay, I need to buy you guys out. I mean, I imagine it was tense at some points. Yeah. And you know, we, we've always had a very amicable relationship, so it really wasn't as tense. It was just more so that, uh, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm busting my butt building this company and, uh, you know, he had a full-time job. So it really, it just wasn't a fair, a fair set. Um, plus, um, you know, he just, we, he wasn't going to take the leap unless we raised money. And we had many opportunities to, to raise additional capital. Um, but you know, it was a conversation we both had and, and, uh, it really just kind of played out. It took a while to finally finalize it, uh, just because of, you know, getting the money and, you know, and finally in the deal and attorneys and that sort of thing. Yep. It just took a little bit, a little bit of time. And I remember talking to you many years ago and I think that's what you did too. Didn't you buy out a partner? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't buy them out. Um, okay. They, so we had dead, we had what they called dead equity on the cap table um, yep. from basically equity on the cap table from non-active participants in the business. Um, so yeah, that's what we ended up doing, uh, which, you know, you know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think you I would were do smart it again. That. You were smart and see, we, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, all these lessons learned along the way. Um, I just was not educated on the, uh, the financing part and, you know, putting cap table or not cap tables, but putting cliffs and that sort of yeah. stuff. On. Well, so we didn't actually have it. That was part of the problem. Right. So in, in Heyo, you know, my, my co-founders that ended up leaving, you know, the business you know, took six years to eventually grow and sell. Uh, they left at year, I think one and two. Right. So the frustrating thing was they owned a portion of the business. Right. So like every additional effort I put in, I'm like, gosh, darn it. These dudes like they're going to they're making money off me, basically, because if I sell this thing, they're going to make a lot of money. Uh, And so that could be psychologically for a founder that has other founders that have left the business that have equity. It's a psychological war that's very difficult to fight and manage. 
Oh, it definitely for me, you know, from the growth growth perspective too, it's like, oh, that's cool because if I bust our bust my butt, build this thing up, you know, everyone's sitting pretty. And um, yeah, I mean, it just definitely left a bad well, taste big, in my mouth. How, what, what percentage did your co-founder have? I mean, was it like 30%, uh, 20? Yeah. So when it all, you know, got diluted and everything, it was uh, 25%, a little bit less, something and, like that. And then so it you, started 70, 30 and then, you know, dilution brought another equity partner, investors, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so it, it was, it, it was basically like you own 75 after dilution, you owned like 72 or, or uh, sorry, 60, like seven ish. Yep. He owned 25% and the investors owned 7.5%. Yep. Exactly. Okay. What did you buy out the 25% for? Uh, I can't tell you that. Um, no, just, we, we signed a whole non-disclosure and that sort of thing with, with that. Um, don't worry about it, man. I know your podcast. Give us a, uh, <laughs> well, look, dude, I, listen, I have to ask, right? Part of this, yeah, otherwise yeah. people can't learn from this, right? So, right. so 25, well, just give us a range that you feel comfortable giving that's vague enough where no one's going to get mad at you. I mean, was it more or less than a hundred grand? Uh, less. Okay. That's fair enough. That's helpful. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's move forward. So the business uh, call loop again, like MailChimp for text message marketing, you have many plans on here. Um, is this, are the economics month to month on this business truly like a SaaS business where the revenue stacks or do people come in and buy credits for one-time campaigns typically? Yeah, good question. So we're not really a SaaS. So for example, I mean, we are, we do have SaaS components to it. So, you know, the monthly and that sort of thing, but you know, it's funny, like we put our stuff into bare metrics and it's like, whoa, yeah, these, this doesn't really do us any, any good because our metrics are so unique because we have a person like you, for example, you buy, you know, credits in bulk. You're not month to month. I buy a lot, right? I buy a lot of credits. (laughs) Right. So you you buy a lot. And, and, uh, and so you're a different unique use case. So we have all different industries, you know, we've worked with career builder and Hyatt and, uh, Zig Ziglar. I mean, you know, we've worked with a lot of different companies and so they have all different use cases. So, you know, if you're a brick and mortar store, cool, 50 bucks a month, I get a keyword and that sort of thing. And that's fine for that type of business. But, you know, you have somebody that's in lead gen and they're producing, you know, 300 leads a day and, you know, each lead they're getting a text message and that sort of thing. So, you know, they could buy like the other day, I pulled a bunch of metrics and, you know, we've had uh, a lot of customers that, you know, uh, one guy bought on average 40 times a month. Yeah. Right. So that's a unique uh, pays you go model and uh, that scales that kind of scales so, with their business. Yeah. So. Let's just roll up just, instead of going into SaaS economic like metrics, let's just roll up. So in 2015, what was total top line revenue the business did? Yeah, we did 385. Okay. And what is your yep. biggest cost? I, I imagine it's paying for the, the credits. Yeah, it's servers, you know, the, the cost, uh, we use um, Twilio, like like a lot of different platforms. So we pay a penny for text messages and resell at the high end retail for five cents and then, you know, down below for bulk plans and that sort of thing. So in 2015 on the 385K you did top line, was the business profitable? Um, or do you reinvest most of it? Yeah, I mean, we put, we you know, last year we kind of went through a big flux of, all right, you know, let's, uh, let's, uh, invest in development and invest in new product and that sort of thing. So we put a lot of money in, in development and people, what's a lot, a hundred grand, 200 grand. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the numbers or maybe instead of the number, was it probably 150, something like that. And these were like, like developer freelancers you were hiring to add features and things or what? Yeah. We had, you know, two full-time guys. We had, uh, 
a full-time customer success person. We had, you know, some contractors that came in, that sort of thing. So yeah, I mean, the biggest expense obviously last year was, uh, was people. Um, How did you get two full-time developers for only a hundred grand for the year? Thank you, Philippines. Awesome. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, and now how do you grow? So in 2016, what are you hoping to hit revenue wise? What's your goal? Yeah. So, so taking kind of the last three months, uh, trailing, we'll, we'll, you know, we're on track to do four thirty, four fifties, you know, under, under 500. Okay. So it's fair to say you've already done about 125 grand this year. Uh, yeah. Something about so. that. Okay. Yep. So, and how many unique customers, uh, are working with, are working with you? Um, yeah, I was thinking about this today and I kind of pulled it up, but we have, you know, it all ranges, right? So we've had customers that are seasonal. So we have customers that come in and will come in now, uh, during school year. And then, you know, next year they'll come in. So let's just uh, say in, fe- in February of 2016, how many unique credit cards did you process? <laughs> Good question, Nathan. Uh, I don't know. What I can or, what, or whatever, you know, yeah, whatever, I mean, you know, I mean, overall, overall there's been, 2,000 to 3,000 customers that okay. have paid since, uh, since, had a lot since of users. the soft launch in 2011. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Cool. And so let's say maybe, maybe a thousand of those are paying monthly. So maybe, I don't know, maybe you captured a thousand unique credit cards in February, something like that. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, some people are paying 10 bucks a month. Some people are paying nothing, yep. you know, like I'm looking at somebody bought $780 worth of stuff yesterday. So yeah, I mean, it, it ranges uh, t- from that. And how many total text messages are you sending? Per, well, how much did you send in February 2016? Um, I know what. Altogether, uh, like mil- yeah, millions. I, mean, I, don't, or, I don't know last month, but basically your average is about 300, 400,000, something 400, like that. 400,000. OK, cool. Very cool. Dude, so what's your goal with the business? What do you want to do with it? Well, you know, we're a small team and, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think the the plan is to kind of, you know, iterate on some things. I mean, obviously product for us is first. And so when we, when we originally created this whole thing and part of the sticking point was we built it in 2011, 2010. So, you know, some of the technology is old, so the product is good, but it's not great. And so kind of the future of it looks is, you know, we've got some other products that we want to introduce and, you know, some other, uh, 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 you know, integrations and that sort of thing that I think will go a really long way. I mean, text today, I mean, you guys are using text for your broadcast or your uh, text to join that sort of thing. So it's playing a bigger part in business. And again, you're just kind of one kind of use case of, and we see a lot. So yeah, I think, you know, the, the future of it is we got to iterate in the product build out some great new feature sets and, uh, you know, and grow it. You know, I think next year will be an, an awesome year. This year will be a great year. And you know, after that, I think once, uh, once we kind of land on a, uh, a great product set that, you know, we can scale it up. Yeah. Chris, the thing I've always learned, like we've met in person, um, and you iterate like crazy and, and, and you're going to have a ton of success you already have. But the thing I wonder about call loop specifically is like, like this is one of those things that I think is going to become commoditized. Like people are, unless there's a piece of technology that a company like yours builds into the platform that is unique to call loop. It's just a, mar- it's just a margin play, right? Like it's okay. We have to pay Twilio a cent per thing. I mean, what if somebody launched a call loop with a million dollars of backing and said, you know what, we're going to let people text for free for the first month just to acquire users. And I mean, how do you think about that? I'm sure you've thought about this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's, if you look at active campaign, right? Active campaign 
many years ago, they were just like a, a hosted email solution, but they pivoted into a marketing automation platform. And so, you know, as, as you know, the, the next year, six months, everything is moving towards a marketing automation play. And so, you know, that's where I think Callloop can really fit into it. And, and obviously, you know, you know, the, the economics of it go down from a message standpoint, but there's features that, you know, large companies will pay for. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of different text competitors come out, a lot of people white label type stuff, Yep. yep. Uh, other platforms, but, you know, they focus on text to join. Oh, like that's great, but that's not the future of really what people want. And I think um, the marketing automation side is really uh, a hot, a hot, uh, area to get into if you know you have a new baby 20 22 23 days old obviously you're married down there in florida you're focusing on the business if somebody wrote you a five hundred thousand dollar check right now cash you take it <laughs> do whatever you want would you take that deal for call loop no way nathan come on man. what what is the number um and more, and more importantly how do you <laughs> and more importantly how do you get to the number um you know it would be that's a good question you know we've talked to a lot of different companies that over the years have have expressed interest in it and you know you can value a company on uh monthly recurring revenue but we're not a pure SaaS play and yeah. so but you know the money breaks down to on a pay-as-you-go you could really break that down into a SaaS. and so you know if you bought 40 times this month or you know you've been a customer for three years you could tie that back into an mrr of you know whatever so you know, it would be a multiple on MRR, but we would just allocate MRRs across pay-as-you-go. It's across bulk. It's across, you know, the, the total product. What was your uh, MRR in uh, February 2016? I don't know. See, that's the thing is we, you know, because Colleague is not pure SaaS, like I could open bare metrics and it's like, oh, you know, it was X thousands of dollars. But that metric to us is useless because it's just a part of what shows in Stripe. And we use Infusionsoft for billing originally. We moved over to Stripe. So, you know, some of the metrics are a little bit off, but um, I wish I could give you like a hardcore. Here's well, an yeah. Well, I mean, look, if you're going to, if you think you're going to do 450 this year, right, you just divide by 12. It sounds like you're doing somewhere between 32 and 37 grand per month. Yep. Somewhere in that range. So, okay, cool. Well, hey, Chris, before we get into my favorite part of the show, if people want to connect with you personally online and follow the call loop journey as you build it, where can they connect with you? Um, they can just go to callloop.com. So two L's, three L's. Um, that's probably the best place. I don't really have a personal blog per se that I blog on, um, but that would be the best spot. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win a hundred bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, and you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Awesome, guys. Top Tribe, we'll get that in the show notes at NathanLatka.com forward slash the top two eight 
288. Again, if you're jogging or running or driving, just remember the number 288 is the episode number. All right, Chris, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Do you know what's, do you know what it's called? It's your famous five, right? Yeah, baby. I love it. All right. It's time for the famous five. Number one, Chris, what's your favorite business book? Actually, Nathan, you should call it the top five. The top. That would, go that would be, that would go much better. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you listen, what turned you, just before we get into these questions, what turned you onto the podcast in the first place? Um, you reached out to me and you said, I'm launching a podcast. Oh, and I and asked you to come there. on. Yep. And you didn't mm -hmm. come on back in the early days, but you came on now. Yep. You want to say, I want to wait until he has over a million downloads and then come on. No, I just wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. We're going through a lot. All right, man. Um, What's your favorite business book? You know, I would say uh, Jay Abraham Stealth Marketing. It's kind of one of those early books. I think I picked it up in 2005. And, uh, you know, you can always pick it up and get some really good old school, just direct response marketing ideas. Uh -huh. So that's a, that's a great one. Okay. Next question. Is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Um, I, I like James Clear. I don't know if you've seen his stuff, but he's, he's pretty big on like productivity and, uh, and that sort of thing. So he's got a really great blog. Uh, I think it's jamesclear.com, but I've been following him lately. Okay. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have like HostGator? Uh, I love ClickFunnels. Yep. I really do. I think it's an awesome application. Um, there's another one called ConvertFlow that I think is going to be a game changer for on-site marketing automation. So that is uh, an up and coming app that I've played with that has some really promising uh, stuff. Awesome. To and Top Tribe, we had ClickFunnels CEO Russell Brunson on back in episode 137. If you want to go check that out, I got him to share why he turned down a $35 million acquisition offer that he got the week before. So that's at NathanLacka.com forward slash the top 137. And Chris, you actually might like this too, but I just put all of the LTV, ARPU, CAC, uh, uh, you know, ARR data for all the SaaS companies I've ever interviewed together in a blog post at NathanLacka.com forward slash SaaS companies, which includes the ClickFunnel data. So good to hear you're a fan there. What was the second one you said after ClickFunnels, Chris? ConvertFlow.com. Okay, ConvertFlow. Okay, very good. Okay, next question. You have a brand new baby. You're building a startup, obviously. You're married. Yes or no? Are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, waking up at four this morning. That was actually really nice. So, oh, I bet that felt wonderful. All right. All right. And Chris, how old are you? 34. Okay. So here's the big question. Last question. Take us back 14 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? That age is an advantage. Um, I think in my 20s, I thought that I looked too young and I was too young to do anything of great value. And um, but come to realize that that's actually probably a huge advantage is your youth. So, you know, being 20, I would just say go for it. Um, age is actually an advantage, not a disadvantage. I think when you get older, um, it turns into a disadvantage in many respects. But when you're young, you can make mistakes and still kind of kick some ass. So. Chris, it was really funny when I was raising capital at Hayo, one of the de one of the lines that I said that closed the deal was I was talking to all these investors who typically invest in, you know, like old white guys that are half bald who are like 40 already. Right. Yeah. I'm saying, listen, guys, every minute you invest in those guys, you only have a 40 year payback period because they're going to die at around 80. For me, <laughs> I'm 20. All right. Every minute, every dollar you put in me, you get like a 60 year payback period. Now, do you want a 40 year payback period or a 60 year payback period? And boom, that's how you raise capital.
I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'll take notes, buddy. Yeah, there good. you go. Top Tribe. There you have it. Chris Brisson joining us. Launched Call Loop as a soft launch in 2011 with co-founders. Raised $90,000 at a $1.25 million pre-money valuation. Now in 2015, did $385,000 top line. Spent over hundred grand in development, building out text message marketing like MailChimp in 2016, hoping to do over four hundred fifty grand in sales with a newborn that he is shepherding into the world. Chris, thank you for taking us to the top. <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. You bet. Take care. If you guys enjoyed Chris today, go back and listen to episode 287 with Kim yesterday. He's 27 and is actually making boatloads of money as a social media consultant. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.